Hello and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Words of Welcome, the teaching ministry of Welcome Baptist Church, Heathfield. Hello. We're going to read Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 7. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Let's pray. Father God, as we read this familiar parable of Jesus, we ask in your mercy that you would take us deeply into your ways and into your heart. We are needy people. And we need you to shine your light both on the text and upon us, that we may see you and know you and hear you and experience your love and radiate your love to a dying and hurting world. In Jesus' precious name, amen. A couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine lost her cat. Her cat's name is Marco, and uh, this cat is adopted and uh, is loved by her family and friends. And the cat went missing. All her friends joined in looking for this cat. She photographed posters, she made phone calls, she was on Facebook, and for 10 days, there was no sign, no word of this cat. On the 11th day, she received a phone call from someone who thought they'd seen the cat in their back garden. Well, one of her friends and his, fr- and his mother, her friend's mother, went to find this cat. And they found it behind a shed. He was thin. He was gone. But the friend and his mother were so happy. They sent me a video of the finding of the cat. There were tears There was rejoicing. There was so much happiness. And when Jesus tells us this story, he wants us to know that anyone who repents, anyone who turns to God, there is the same reaction 
tears, rejoicing and joy. And Jesus wants us to catch that, to catch the heart of heaven, the heart of heaven which rejoices over the lost being found and brought home. Jesus wants us to catch the Father heart of God who cannot contain his excitement, cannot contain his joy when one of his dear ones is found. This is an incredible few verses. It's one of three parables about lost things. This is the lost sheep. The next parable is the lost coin. And then there is the story of the two lost sons. We often call it the parable of the prodigal son. But it's two lost sons, really. But we'll get to that in a few weeks' time. Let's think about these verses here. Verse 1. Now the tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to hear him. I, I, I love that sentence. There was something so beautiful about Jesus that he attracted the outcasts. Tax collectors were seen as pariahs socially within the context of Israel or Palestine. They had sold themselves out to the ruling uh, Roman army. They had sold themselves out. They had bought a franchise and they were charging local Jewish people money. And they were keeping most of it themselves, paying some of it to the Roman authorities. They were seen as pariahs, socially unacceptable, sort of half-Jews. They mean be Jew in name only. And they were hated. And then there are the, the sinners that are mentioned here. Often, many Bible translations will have little inverted commas around this idea. These were your normal, everyday people who did not see keeping the law, keeping themselves separate as of the greatest priority in their lives. They weren't tithing their mint and cumin, their herbs. They weren't observing all the Sabbaths. They weren't going to the temple and, and bringing their offerings. They weren't fulfilling their vows. On the contrary, these people although Jewish, were living for themselves and living for the moment. They included prostitutes and others that society deemed as unacceptable. What I love is that these social outcasts, these non-religious people, loved Jesus. There was something about him that captivated them. So that non-religious people flocked to him. When I read these, these verses, I'm struck by how different we are as a church. Unreligious people do not flock to us. 
religious people flock to us. And I, I, I'm challenged deeply by this. I see it midweek. I see all the groups that we do that are run in the church for toddlers or the elderly. And I see there that non-religious people flock to us. But for some reason, our services, the unreligious don't flock to them, but they flock to Jesus. I find that challenging. I need to think that through. I need to ask myself the question, am I the kind of person that the non-religious and the outcast is drawn to? Or am I the kind of person that the Pharisee and the strict religious person is drawn to? That's a deep challenge for me. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes, these are the religious people these are the people who do tithe their herbs. These are the people who are ensuring that they keep the law and go to the temple that perform their vows. Who The scribes diligently scribe scripture. They, they write it, they memorize it, much like I do. And it is these people who are grumbling. Because the unreligious and the outcast is flocking to Jesus. You can imagine them saying, well, they, they don't come to any of our services. And yet they come to this man. They were unhappy. Perhaps they were provoked to jealousy. I thought, why is this man drawing them? Why can't we draw a crowd? Why does he draw a crowd and not us? And they grumbled. Now that very word grumbling carries such weight in the Bible. If you know your Bible at all, you will know that the people of Israel grumbled to Moses after they'd fled from uh, Egypt and were going to the promised land. They grumbled. They grumbled about their food. They grumbled about manna. They grumbled about their lack of meat. They grumbled about their lack of water. And God, well, he opened the ground, swallowed them. Grumbling is a dreadful thing. And the reason they are grumbling is because these people, these outcasts, these social misfits, these ordinary, irreligious people are flocking to Jesus. And for that reason, Jesus tells them this parable. Not only are they coming to Jesus, but they're eating with him, we're told in verse 2, and eats with them. Now, this kind of hospitality, this eating with people showed real acceptance, showed love, showed care, showed hospitality. And they couldn't stand it because 
To be pure meant to separate oneself from sinners, having nothing to do with them. And Jesus has everything to do with them. Now we know why it is. Jesus wasn't celebrating their their irreligious status. He certainly wasn't celebrating their thievery as tax collectors. And we know from the way that Jesus dealt with people that he called tax collectors to be scrupulously honest and do their job well. We know that when he met those in sin, he called them to leave their life of sin. He would say, go and sin no more. He wasn't endorsing their lifestyle, but he was there to draw them out and to the Father. That's why he ate with them. That's why he socialized with them. The Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the scribes, called him a wine-bibber. So you're a drunkard, you're always at these parties, you're always eating with these people. If you were any kind of prophet, you would keep yourself separate. So they grumbled. They grumbled because they were drawing to Jesus. And they grumbled because Jesus was eating with them. So he tells them this parable. Because they are missing out something so fundamental to the heart of God. That God longs for lost people to come home. That's the bottom line. God longs for lost people to come home. So much so that he sent his only son, that whoever was lost may be found, may come home. And Jesus tells them these parables because he wants them with every fiber of his being to rejoice with heaven at what God is doing, to to celebrate, not grumble, to enjoy the grace of God. They've become so used to the grace of God. They've become so complacent with the grace of God. They they even forget themselves that they are loved and rescued by God. You remember Jesus tells a story of a tax collector and a Pharisee together in the temple. And the tax collector is there and he's bowed down and he says, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And the Pharisee looks down on him and says, I thank you, God, that you have not made me like him. He doesn't realize his need. And so Jesus says, which one goes home justified? the one who's content in his own righteousness or the one who realizes he needs help. That's the problem with the Pharisees. They did not realize they were needy men who needed God for everything they had. And so actually, 
the Pharisees and the scribes who are grumbling are actually just as lost as the lost sheep. They're just as lost as the elder son in the parable of the two sons. Jesus tells them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Jesus is saying, this is what your father is like. Father God in heaven is one who, when he sees a sheep lost, leaves everything to go and find it. No matter how far away it is, no matter how lost it is, he's a good shepherd. He's not a hired hand. A hired hand would say, well, I've still got 99. I've only lost 1%. I think on the balance of probabilities, that's good. No, not God. Not God, not the good shepherd. He leaves that 99 and he goes searching. He goes looking. He goes through dale and valley, through thorn bush and forest to find that which was lost. And when he's found it, verse 5, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. Jesus wants the Pharisees to know that when this shepherd, when God finds someone who is lost, he doesn't beat it round the head with his crook. He doesn't say, how dare you leave? He doesn't say, what led you to, to wander off, you stupid sheep? He doesn't take his knife and carve it up. But he picks it up. He recognizes it's broken and exhausted. And he carries it across his shoulder. And takes it home. Unless God has done that to you. You are not saved. You are still dead in your sin. You are trusting in your self-righteousness. You are trusting on your church attendance. You are trusting in your biblical knowledge. Unless you have known what it is to be lost and found. You're not saved. My beloved, you need to cry out. Help me. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Brings it home with rejoicing. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors. It's not a private party. This is exuberant. This is everybody coming to know. 
This is everybody seeing. This is everybody joining in on the shepherd's joy. And that's what gets Jesus. Why are these Pharisees and scribes who should know God not rejoicing at this day? Why are they not joining in the celebration? Well, because they're not his yet. Because they're lost sheep too. That's why. Because God's people rejoice when a sinner is saved. He goes on, just so I will tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who needed no repentance. So this is a puzzling statement. Is Jesus here saying that there are some who are righteous who need no repentance? No. There's everyone who needs repentance and there are those who are too proud to know it. The only thing that stops you from being brought home by God is your pride. You know more, or you think you do. You believe this can't possibly be true, or you think you do. But there is a shepherd who is looking for you. There is a shepherd who is searching for you, He's not giving up while there's breath in your body. Let's pray. Father God, the good shepherd, here I am. Rescue me. Amen. Thank you for listening to Words of Welcome. For new episodes and more, please visit welcomebaptistchurch.uk.